Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, I want to begin a series today, and I'm dealing with what I believe is probably one of the most shattered concepts in our culture today. This series is called Identity Chaos. Identity Chaos. We're going to take a journey over these next few weeks, and I believe God is going to bring healing. I believe he's going to bring understanding, revelation to us. We, we look at the identity confusion that's in our culture, but let me tell you, it runs far deeper than some of the obvious things that may come to your mind right now. So we're going to get into the Word. We're going to, we're going to do some work. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do some work. And I believe God is going to bring some great freedom. How many are ready for God to bring freedom in your life, to bring understanding in your life, to bring some revelation, identity chaos? In fact, I, I just sense that there's some issues so deep and profound, some confusion and chaos that's so entrenched in our lives today that I want to pray before I begin this because I don't want you to listen with these ears. Everybody looking at me? I don't want you to listen with these ears. I want you to hear something right here. You know, you know what? I, I, I talked to Pastor Phyllis about this this morning, and uh, here's a concern I have. Uh, I'm really happy you're here. I'm really glad you're coming. Really glad you're online right now. But, but I, here's, here's my concern. What I teach and what we do and what you hear in this place has to move from up here to right here. Just having a knowledge of the facts is not enough. Just saying, I go to church is not enough. Are you with me? Just saying, oh, I agree with pastor. That's a good starting place. But until what I hear moves into my heart and becomes my possession, you understand, my, my property, I own it. It's not going to change my life. You know, I was speaking to a pastor and his wife recently, and they were guardedly optimistic. Their adult son, who had been an alcoholic for 30 years, has been, has been sober now for about three months. And they're very happy about that. But here's what, here's what his mother said. So you, your mother knows you. How many know that? How many know there's father, son, Holy Spirit, and mother? Everybody get that? Come on, I'm a dad, but dads, we're oblivious half the time. Tell the truth. You didn't hear it. You didn't see it. You didn't even know what happened. We've had that conversation in my house before. We, something happened, and Phyllis came to me, and I said, what are you talking about? And, and she said, we had that discussion. I said, I wasn't in that discussion. And here's, we finally found an agreement. I said, where was I in the discussion? She said, you were sitting over there, and we were here at the table talking about that. I said, sweetheart, if you want me to be in the discussion, you have to say my name, George. I'm about to tell you something. And then make sure I look at you when, 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 when that. Because just because I was in the vicinity, I never heard a word. Can any man plead guilty on that thing? Okay. Oh, now, now ladies, help us out here. Help us out. So, so mom knows. So, so the pastor and his wife are, are guardedly optimistic because their adult son's been sober three months. But this is what mom said. She said, but pastor, I'm not sure he's fallen in love with Jesus yet. And she said, until that happens, this isn't going to last. How many get what I'm saying today? So what I want to share with you today, I want you to listen to me. It, it might step on your toes. 
It might ruffle your feathers. It might push you back. It might fly in the face of culture. But if you'll listen right here, everybody with me? If you'll listen right here, God's going to do something to help us today. And all of us, okay, not them, us. This isn't a message for them. Everybody listening to me today. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us. Okay, tap the person next to you and say he's talking about you today. Okay. All right, are you ready to pray now? Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you know us. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you're our Savior, our healer, our deliverer. Thank you, God, that you speak spiritual things to people who will listen with their spiritual ears. Thank you, Father, that you give us revelation. Thank you that you give us understanding. Thank you that you're the mighty God who is able. And we love you and we thank you. We commit this time to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. A identity chaos. Our culture is in a full-blown identity chaos today. I thought about what do I want to use? What, what word here? I, I prayed about that. What, what word would I use to describe where we are? And, and I chose the word chaos intentionally. Identity chaos. The definition of chaos is complete disorder and confusion. That's why I chose the word. Chaos, complete disorder and confusion. That's where we are today. We are in an identity chaos. Satan is successfully attacking one of the most fundamental understandings of how your life works, robbing us of identity, ripping that off and, and destroying us. That, that is one of his most effective areas. When we do not know who we are, when we do not know our identity, when we struggle to find that, it affects every single area of your life. It affects every relationship in your life. It affects how you go to work. It affects the work you do. It affects the people you align yourself with. It affects how you relate to God. It affects how you read your Bible. It affects how you pray. It affects how you think about the people you go to church with. Your identity impacts every single area of your life. Everywhere we look at our culture, in our life, in our homes, in our families, in our school, schools, we see the confusion and the desperation when our identity is lost or we turn to counterfeits. See, if you don't know who you are, you don't know where you need to go. If you don't know who you are, you don't know who needs to go with you. If you don't know who you are, you don't know what to do with yourself. If you don't know who you are, you don't know your purpose in life. It's fundamental that we begin to understand this. I, and I've got some really good news for you along the way. That identity, a healthy identity, a joyful identity, an identity with purpose is a gift that God has given and created for every single one of us and uniquely with your name on it and no one else. Identity is a gift from God to us. Can somebody say amen to that? So, so as we take this journey with the Holy Spirit, let's at least establish a baseline definition of what is identity. In, in, the, in the most basic sense, identity is a sense of self and a sense of worth. What is my identity? A sense of self and a sense of worth. I want you to hear this. When you feel significant, when you feel confident of your worth or your value, you're in a position to be everything God intended you to be. 
But I want to say that again. What's my sense of self? What's my sense of worth? Is there a confident security about who I am and where I'm going in my life? Or am I constantly struggling in reinventing myself based upon circumstances and people and concepts? Trying to see, you know, it's like I said, you could be you could be 50 years old, but you've just done the same thing 50 times. It doesn't age doesn't mean we got we became wiser. How many with me today? See, you you may have run down that dead end street 30 times. We may have substituted a counterfeit 20 times. And so there may be a lot of action and motion in our life, but we're not getting anywhere. Until we begin to understand, who did God make me to be? How did God make me? God wants to do this for every single one of us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8. Ephesians 2, 8. I think you see how encompassing this is. I can tell you're thinking and processing this. Ephesians 2 and verse number 8. Let's, let's look at this. Some incredible verse. Verse 8 maybe one of the greatest verses in the New Testament. But I want you to see it in this context of identity. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved. For it is by grace. What's the definition of grace? You know that unearned favor. Favor given I didn't deserve. How many heard that? Favor given I did not earn. Unearned favor. The blessing of God. For by God's grace you have been saved. Through faith and this not from yourselves, it is what? The gift of God. Remember that. Look at verse 9. Not by works, so that no one can boast. This incredible gift of salvation cannot be earned or bought by any human entity or person or resource. But look at verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. In the Greek language of this text, workmanship is not a past tense. It's a present continuous tense verb. It literally says that at this moment, I am under construction. Tell somebody next to you, be patient with me. I'm not through yet. God's not through yet. Come on. How many are thankful for that? So, so look at this. The word not only has a connotation of a work in process, but could literally be translated a masterpiece. A masterpiece. You're a masterpiece under construction. Isn't it sad to see all the broken masterpieces around us in our culture today? Isn't it sad to see all the dysfunction and confusion when God designed you as a masterpiece and said, I will stay with you until we get to this place? So, so what do we see? Let's look at verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, a masterpiece under construction, huh? created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, you don't earn your salvation. You don't work for your salvation. What you do happens after your salvation. See that? It's a gift. So God saves us by grace. Jesus paid the price on the cross. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us earned or deserved salvation. But Jesus paid our price. How many are thankful for that today? Jesus took our place on the cross. And because of that, that we can be saved and forgiven and serve God. He says, I love you so much. I not only forgive you, I not only come to live in you, I'm going to give you a uniquely created, designed 
purpose for you. And life being is fulfilling. So, so we have this life, we have this plan that God created in advance for us to do. I don't have to earn my place with God. I just have to receive my place with God. I have to understand this is who he made me to be. And what I'm really hoping and praying in this series is that we'll stop wasting time on the counterfeit and allow God to put the reality in our life. Amen? Stop wasting years on the counterfeit. Stop living under the bondage and the struggles of counterfeits and allow God to give us such a security and a self-identity and a purpose in life that we won't settle for anything less but the goodness of God. Amen? That's what we're looking at. So identity is so critical. It it is this sense and this value. How valuable are you? How valuable are you? Have Have you ever tried to sell something and you put a price on it and nobody would pay the price? Anybody ever done that? Have you ever been disappointed? Try to sell your house, try to sell your car, and you thought it was worth this and nobody would pay you that? Do you know how much your house is worth? It's not worth what you think it's worth. It's worth what somebody will pay you for your house. That's the worth of your house. You know how much your car is worth? It's not worth what you paid for it. It's not worth how much you love it. It's not worth how cool you think it is. Your car is only worth what somebody will pay for it. That's the value. Value is established by what someone's willing to pay. So can I give you some incredibly good news today? Do you know what you're worth? Do you know what your value is? That the Son of Almighty God who created the universe looked at you and said, you're so valuable to me that I will not send an inferior. I will not send an intermediary. I will not send someone to represent me. I'm not going to call your people and my people to do lunch. I'm going to come myself, pick up your cross, carry it on a hill, be nailed to that cross, shed my blood, take stripes on my back because you are so valuable. I can't risk anyone else doing for you what only I can do for you. That's how valuable you are. And anything in life that tells you you're less than that is a lie from the pit of hell. You have value that is incalculable. You can't calculate the value of that. That's how valuable you are. What is identity? It's a sense of self. It's a sense of value. And God establishes that for us. But not only the value... See, your your identity is is the value I have in my life that God established. But it is also this incredible purpose that comes with it that we get to live and we get to be the goodness of God. In the absence of that, total chaos breaks out. As incredible as God's identity is for us, when we are not in that, when we don't understand that, when we step away from that, chaos breaks out. Disorder, confusion. I I tell you this frequently because it fits so many categories in life. God works in connections. Where does Satan work? He works in the gaps. In the void of not knowing who you are, we create fertile ground for Satan to come in and lie and confuse and deceive us. We have this incredible gift of value from God. Identity, purpose, a reason we're here. But in that gap, chaos springs out. We see it around us everywhere. Unimaginable counterfeits are in our face today. Counterfeits where we're trying to be convinced that my birth sex is not who I am. That, that, so we have other terms, 
gender and this and those things. And, 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 and so unimaginable confusion and chaos. And let's be kind to people who are struggling through those things. How many heard what I said? Do you know you can disagree and still be kind? Do you know you can disagree and still be loving? Okay, but, but, but unimaginable chaos. What causes that? It is the confusion of not knowing who you are from God's perspective. But he goes on, and, and now we have people identifying with animal identities and wanting us to put a litter box in the restroom of our children's schools. Let's not be angry. Let's be prayerful. Identity. Do you see the desperation of that? Do you see the confusion in that? I recently read there's a whole new category of where people are identifying. Healthy people are identifying with a handicap now. What an insult to a person with a real handicap. Can you imagine that? A person who's perfectly healthy and fine are going and sitting down in a wheelchair and saying, I identify with paralysis. What's happened to us? It's unimaginable. But before we park our car there, because those are the low-hanging fruits, so to speak, let me tell you, there are plenty of other identity facades that we deal with today. Do you know that you can be a born-again Christian and love Jesus and believe some lies from our culture about who you are? Some confusion about how we establish our identity. There's some things here. There's nothing wrong with what I'm about to say in and of themselves, but they're not enough. Did you hear what I said? I'm about to give you a few things that are not wrong, but they're not enough to establish your identity. Do you know why? Because they can change just like that. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, my career and my job. If your entire identity is what you do, if your entire identity is your career, you could get a pink slip tomorrow. And then who are you? If your whole identity is your job, then that company can close. And then who are you? If your whole identity is your marriage, work is good. Marriage is fantastic. But if your whole identity is just the person you're married to, they could leave you. And then who are you? If your whole identity is wrapped up in the person that you're dating today, and you don't know who you are without them, and they're your whole reason for being, they could leave you tonight. And then who are you? And where are you? As much as we love our children, you cannot have your only identity with your children. Because can I tell you something? They're going to grow up. And they're going to leave. And I hope they aren't dragging you out the door on their leg. If you're a good parent, you prepared them for that moment. And they're ready to be a functioning, healthy adult. They don't need to be living in your basement when they're 45 years old. I told you, listen here, not just here. Another personal, if you're in the basement at 45, I love you. I just, you might want to rethink your plan. And if you lock the door and won't let them out every day, you might need to rethink your plan. What's my identity? Is my identity wealth, power, finances? There's going to be a stock market crash. And then who are you? What are you? You see what I'm saying? What's my identity? What, what if it's my physical appearance? That's my identity. It's good to be in good health. The Bible says physical exercise profits some. It's good to be healthy. It's good to be in shape. But if that's your whole identity, I got some news for you. I'm sorry. Gravity takes a real effect and it gets worse the older you get. Things fall. Some of you big muscle men right now, someday it's coming. You're going to get the furniture disease. 
your chest is going to fall in your drawers and there's nothing you can do about it. And then who were you? You thought you were Taurus and now you look like Santa Claus. Who are you? What are you going to do? Going to have a midlife crisis? Get with me? Because you don't know who you are? You're going to leave that woman who birthed your children, stood by you to build that business? Then you're going to walk over and leave her and get some pretty young thing? Can I tell you something? As young as she is and as pretty as she is, you still look the same in the mirror, sir. So who are we? Have I got your attention now? Professional athletes. Well, we admire them, don't we? I'm excited. It's football season. Everybody's happy. You know, first week of the season, if you're, you know, SEC fan, everybody wins the first week. Come on. Let's all be happy today. Come on. Let's all love each other. Alabama won. Auburn won. LSU won. Oh, well. Florida didn't win. Sorry. Tennessee won. Arkansas won. It's a good Sunday. Come on. Hallelujah. Everybody come praise the Lord today. Now, it's going to get rough from this week out. We admire them, but they're not going to be an athlete all their life. Can I tell you something? Pastors can have their identity based on a title or a position or where I stand behind this pulpit. Because someday, you're going to have to say, Pastor, we love you. But it's taking you 30 minutes to get up on the platform with that walker. We got to do something up here. And then who am I? Then who am I? Am I just a pastor or am I a person that loves Jesus, that knows who I am, that it wrote a plan while I was in my mother's womb, that saved me when I was a young knucklehead and had grace and mercy on me? Who are you without your title, without your job, without your relationship? All of that can change. We're impacted by consequences, the decisions that we've made in life, the results of those decisions, the shame or the guilt. People want to put you in a category and tag you. We tell the ladies in our women's recovery ministry, you're not an addict. You're a person that got trapped in an addiction, but you're not an addict. You're a child of God. You're a woman with destiny and hope and future and a purpose, and you've encountered the living Savior who will rescue you and heal you and deliver you. Let's get the addiction broken and get back to the person God created you to be. But people want to categorize us. See, we live with the consequences of our own bad choices. We deal with the consequences of what other people have done to us. Broken people break people. There are people listening to me right now. You were abused, and there was dysfunction in your home and your family. It's not because God intended that. It's not because something wrong with you. But if we live in it long enough, we take on that identity, and we consider ourselves a broken person an unworthy person, an unloving person. And then we're inundated with culture from every platform. You can imagine there's so many voices. Let me tell you, I'm heading somewhere. Stay with me. Got to lay some foundation. But, but so, so here's what we're told today, that, that my true identity, rather than looking at God, even Christians deal with this and they don't understand that my real identity is just who I feel I am on the inside. My identity is or my deepest feelings. My identity is drawn out of my emotions and my feelings. Stay with me. And can I tell you, that's absolutely an illusion to simply say that I am who I am because I feel that way. So, Pastor, why is that? Well, I talked to one of the local professors, and she said there's one young lady in her, one of her classes 
and they're, you know, you, you, she's being pressed by the institution to use the proper pronoun, and she says she's changed her pronoun three times this semester. We should be heartbroken over someone. Listen to me. Searching that desperately to find out who they are. See, we can't, we can't depend on our emotions or our feelings to give us identity because they're so unreliable and unstable. Think about yourself. Which one of these are you going to pick? If you say, I am who I am because I feel that way, uh, well, can, can I ask you, some of you, well, I should say, nobody in this room, but some of your relatives in their marriage, they have hated and loved their spouse at the same time. So which one is it? You know, some of you in your early years, you know, teenage years and those years, you, in, in the same 10 minutes, you loved your boyfriend and hated him at the same time. Come tell the truth. Don't look at me like that. You know, there's sometimes in your marriage, you, you, you prayed and say, you, you know, one day you said, God, why did you give that rascal to me? And the next day you say, I just love him. I just love him. Well, which one is it? Who are you? Which one, which, which one of those emotions are you going to put your hat on? They're unreliable. They're, all, they're, they're even contradictory. What, what about do your feelings change? How many of you remember when you were 16? No offense to the 16-year-olds here. You remember when you were 16? How many are thankful you're not that 16-year-old anymore? How many realize at 16, no offense to anybody, you might be close to an idiot? How many understand that? But at 16, you didn't feel that way, did you? Are you with me? Come on. So how many are thankful... You're not who you thought you were at 16. You see what I'm saying? Your feelings are unreliable. Your feelings are unstable. Our feelings are sometimes contradictory within five minutes of each other. That can't be the standard. So how many, are, how many remember when you were 26? You remember when you were 26? You learn anything from 26? Would you make some better decisions now than you did then? How many remember when you were 36 and you still had to get some things right? Basically, we were a knucklehead our whole life. We just need to keep growing right? We're unstable. Our emotions are not sufficient to determine who I am and decide who I am. I know it's hard for you to believe, but there's some days that Phyllis is, is saying, God, are you sure that that was the man I'm supposed to marry? But she made a vow. She made a choice. She made a decision. Thank you, Jesus. And and, and the next day, she says she's, she tells me that she's glad she married me. So I'm, I'm th- I, and I'm going to take her at her word when, on those days. So some days, love's not an emotion, is it? Some days, love's a choice. Some days, love's a decision. So see how we scramble and move around in this thing. Now, now again, this is a little, and, and I'm about through. I'm going to give you an answer. Okay, hold on. Hold on. But here's what I want you to see. Our emotions and our feelings are not... The place we get our identity. I don't know one would say this. You've heard people say this. I don't think they really meant it because they didn't do it. But has somebody ever made you so mad? Somebody, you said, oh, if I got my hands on them, I'd choke them right now. If I see that person again, I'm going to kill them right now. But you didn't do it. Why didn't you do that? Or so let's say that same person did this. You have a same-sex attraction. You, maybe you're confused by your emotion. Maybe you're confused. Can I talk about this on Sunday morning? Okay. So you have a same-sex attraction. Was it confusion? Was it loneliness? Was, was it trying to figure things out? 
Maybe he chose not to act on that. Why? But, but now that one's socially acceptable. So here's this person who had this feeling. He said, if I get my hands on this guy, I'm going to choke him. You didn't do it. Why? Because culture says that's not acceptable. But a young person dealing with same-sex attractions, now culture says, oh, that's just fine. So we say I am who I am, and my identity is who I really am on the inside, but truthfully, it is a result of the cultural measure that we're dealing with. Because culture says it's okay, it's okay. Because culture says it's wrong, well, we don't go choke that person. So the bottom line is, I can't be dependent on to use my feelings to decide what's real or not because they're changing all the time. So what, I, what do I need? Watch this now. I need something that's constant, not changing. I need something that's unfailing instead of fickle. Everybody with me? Evidently, I need something outside myself to give me my identity because inside myself, I'm all over the place. Everybody with me? We understand this journey? All right. So I can't name myself. I can't bless myself. I need someone outside of me to name me. I need someone outside of me to give me value. I need someone outside of me to recognize me. Are you with me? Because we just agreed we're pretty fickle. We're pretty unstable. Our emotions change. Our feelings change. They conflict. They fight. They battle. I need someone outside of me to do that. But it can't be someone who'll leave me. And it can't be someone who'll be fickle. And it can't be someone I can't count on. So if I am unstable and I'm not reliable and my feelings aren't sufficient, I have to have somebody outside that to tell me who I am, to name me, to recognize me, to value me. But it can't be somebody who could fail me. So we're getting the list pretty small right now. But I have some good news for you. There is one. Someone say one. There is one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is a God who is unchanging, who is faithful, who wrote his word down, some of it, thousands of years ago. I have some good news for you. Not one promise has been edited out of this. Not one word has fallen out of this. Not one promise has been proven untrue. There is a faithful constant, serving, loving God who created us, someone who will be there always the same, someone who loved us so much that he went to the cross for us, that he paid the price for us. It wasn't somebody who just glibly said, I love you. No, it was somebody hanging on a cross that said, I love you. It wasn't someone that said, call me if you got a problem. He was the God who came and found us in the middle of our problem, who took our sins, moved in our neighborhood, put on our flesh, walked in our shoes. The Bible says he's touched with the feeling of my weakness. When I'm crying, he's crying. Are you listening to me? When I need him, he is always there. Any identity you have to achieve can be taken away. But an identity that you receive from the hand of Almighty God is unchanging. It's not based on what we've done. You're not on the performance plan. Did anybody hear what I said? 
Some of us grew up in a legalistic church, and you think you've got to earn the favor of God. You think God is always out to get you. You think in the next minutes God's going to smack you. Can I give you some good news? God is for you today. He wants you to make it today. He wants you to succeed today. He is the God who establishes your value and gives you your self-worth. We have to come to that place. He's done it for us. My friends, <laughs> to know that God loves you, that he loves you. To know that God loves you. Think of this. That God names you. That God values you. Is the most powerful basis for the most stable identity that will ever be possible. When we stop going through life trying to get someone else to tell us who we are. When we stop going through life believing the lies of the devil. When we stop going through life struggling with where others failed us. Or coming through the shame of our own mistakes. And accept the grace of God. And accept the goodness of God. God will begin to show us who we really are. And when you see who you are in Christ, you're not going to settle for a substitute. You're not going to be leaning on somebody else to identify you and tell you who you are. I'm going to just put these scriptures up real quick. I, I think you need to know you, who your, what your name is and who you are. Can I tell you, the Bible says, you're loved. You're loved. Quote John 3.16 with me and listen to it. Come on, let's say it together. I don't care if anybody else loves you. I don't care if mama doesn't even love you anymore. If she doesn't, you've been really bad. But God still loves you. Come on, let's say John 3.16. I don't know if it's up here. Oh, look, cheat sheet. Say it with me. For God so loved. Let's stop there. For God so loved whom? The world. Everybody. Do you know he loves you even in your sin? He doesn't love your sin, but he loves you. You know that he loves you at your worst moment? He didn't love your worst moment, but he loves you. For God so loved what? The world that he did something about it. What did he do? He gave. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You didn't qualify for it. You didn't pay for it. For God so loved us that he said, I'm going to do something. He gave what? His one and only. One and only son. What? That whoever, how many are thankful? I'm a whoever. That whoever what? Believes in him. Not going to perish. What are you going to have? Eternal life. Your love. Tell somebody your love. Tell them that. Your love. Your love. You know what else? You're not only love. Look at this next verse. I won't go through all of them like that. You're chosen. You're chosen. The word of God says, for God chose us. You're chosen, chosen by God. First Peter 2, 9. You're absolutely chosen by God. He picked you. He looked you out. He picked you. Not only you're chosen, look at Ephesians 2, 19, your family. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 says, you're no longer foreigners. You're not a stranger. You're fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. You got a seat at the table. Come on. How many hear what I'm saying? You got a seat at the table. You got a chair at the table. Your name's there. You belong there. You're supposed to be at the family reunion. God has your picture on his refrigerator. Do you understand what I'm saying? He tells the angels about you. Hey, did you see her? 
Did you see what she did? I love her. She's awesome. I put this gift in her. Look what she's doing. Or when you're having the worst day possible, he says, man, I'm praying for her. Man, I'm believing for her. Man, I'm watching for him. Look at them. Man, I'm not going to let go of your, your love, your chosen, your family. I like this. Ephesians 1.5 says you are adopted. You're adopted. You're adopted. That means God chose you. That means there was a lineup and he said, I want that one. I picked that one. I want them in my family. Maybe you feel like you didn't belong, but God said, I'm going to make you belong. How many are thankful for that? Uh, you know what? There, there's a solution to some of the abortion and, and unwanted pregnancies. I believe God wants to anoint the family of God. Let's adopt some children. Come on. How many hear what I'm saying? There are families that need a child. Let's adopt. Let's do those things. Let's make it. We're adopted. God rescued us from being an orphan. Listen to me. You're not an orphan. You're chosen. You're adopted. You're loved. You're picked. Do you know what else? It, it just goes on and on and on. You didn't achieve it, you received it. And it comes down to this, and I want to bring this to a close. There are four voices talking to you right now about your identity. What are people saying about you? If you don't know what God says, that's going to influence your life too much. What is the devil saying about you? Man, he's against you. Do you know why the devil fights your identity? Because of the purpose and potential in your life. And then that third voice, you need to know this one. What is God saying about you? We should, that should be the end, isn't it? It's not what people say. It's not what the devil says. It's what God says. But I said there's four. Because even if God says it, the fourth one is the one that makes the difference. What do you say about yourself? What do you say about yourself? I've declared today over you to begin to grab hold of this thing and say this is what I say because God said it. I'm loved, I'm chosen, I'm adopted, I'm in the family, I belong, I'm forgiven, my sins are washed away, my father loves me, I've got a place at the table, I've got room at the table, I belong in the house. Do you know we love that verse, and I don't want to rattle your theology or your music, but in, in John chapter 14, we in the King James says, in my father's house uh, are many mansions, truthfully, you know what the Greek really says there? The most accurate translation says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. I'm very cool with that. Are you cool with that? I know some of you want to mention, I like living in daddy's place. Come on. In my father's house, there are a lot of rooms. Do you know in heaven today, come on, listen to me. There's a room with your name on it right now. It's not just anywhere up in heaven. It's right. You go right down the street of gold, take a right. There's the house. You got a room right there, right there. You belong. You belong. You're a child of God. Your identity, what's my self? What's my worth? What's my value? What does God say? I'm tired of listening to what people say. I'm not going to listen to what the devil says. I'm going to accept what God says, and I'm going to begin to declare that over my life. I want to say this to you. I want you to stand. Let's don't leave. I want to pray, but stand. I want some time to pray with you right now. I want you to listen to me. Say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. But man, the struggle I've had in my life, listen to me, listen, listen, listen. If I didn't believe this with all my heart, I wouldn't raise your expectation. Listen closely, nor would I tell you a lie. I've been here a while pastoring this church. If I'm a liar, it'd be caught up with me by now. You hear what I'm saying? If I'm not preaching the truth, I'm here every week, every day, to find out what I said is right. So I wouldn't raise your expectation if I didn't believe God could do this. Are you with me? And I wouldn't give you hope if I didn't believe God could rescue you from any counterfeit that the enemies put on your life. 
You hear me? But it's not just left up to you. Jesus said in that upper room on that last night, he said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. I'm going to send, and one of the names is the comforter. You got somebody right there. Another name was the counselor. My goodness, how powerful is that? You know, sometimes we need some help, don't we? Sometimes it's a process, isn't it? That the enemy is so entangled us, it's hard to get out. But I want to tell you something. You have a counselor that knows you better than you know yourself. You have an advisor that knows where you've been and what's happened to you. He's heard every unkind word that was ever spoken over you. He's heard every challenge the devil ever put against your life. And not only is the Holy Spirit the best counselor you can ever have, thank God for, for counselors in the body of Christ that the Holy Spirit uses to help us sometimes get there. Come on. But not only will he counsel you and guide you and lead you and help you, listen, he'll also heal the broken places. And he'll also empower you to come out of the trapped places in your life. Now, sometimes we have to make a decision. I'm going to challenge you today to start saying, I believe what God says about me. I accept what God says about me. Sometimes in life it's easier to give up and stay in that place. But can I ask you, is that really who you are? Is that really all you can be? Is that really the best? Is that really your dream? Was that really your hope? Was that really your plan? I want to tell you today it's never too late. It's never too late to begin to believe what God says about you. To rise up and be the person God created you to be. I want to declare today the devil has lied to you. And today we expose his lie. And today we start a journey. And I declare to you today that every counterfeit that the devil ever put on you, we're going to break in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every dark place, every depressed place, every addicted place, every confused place, every compromised place. You don't have to walk in this building. Listen to me. Do you know there would be people, listen, 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 in this room right now, but they feel guilty so they don't come to church. You know why they stay guilty and stay home? Because they don't believe they can change. But I want to tell you the power of God can go into the darkest place in your life and bring you out of that in Jesus' name. He's God. He's faithful. Right now, hell is trembling. Right now, the devil is shaking that some of the folks he's trapped in a lie are coming out of that place in Jesus' name. I'm going to call you out like Lazarus. I'm telling you, let's get the stone off these tombs. Let's don't be afraid to deal. They said, don't move the stone, Jesus. Oh, Lazarus is stinking in there right now. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God's not afraid of your mess. God's not afraid of your stink. Pardon my language. God's not afraid of your shame and your guilt. And neither are we. I tell you today, get the stone out of the way. I'm going to call you out of that tomb, Lazarus. Quit living in a tomb when you are created to be a woman of God, a man of God. A free person, a strong person. Everybody hearing me right now. I want to pray for us. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you today. And God, we need to be set free. We need to be released from what the world says, from what culture pressed on us, from what the enemy has said to us. And today we believe what God has said about us, that our value is incalculable that our worth is unimaginable, that God himself came and died in our place. Our worth, our price has been paid and established that God, you will never walk away from that. 
Today, we are calling men and women from counterfeits and heartbreak and depression and despair and bringing them into hope and to life and to being who Jesus called them to be. I speak this name in them. They are chosen men and women of God. They are loved men and women of God. They are forgiven. They are purposed. They are called by God. We declare that today in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. God, today, we surrender everything to you. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're not through with us. We thank you that we are a masterpiece under construction. And we will not stop believing as you work us through this process, God. We thank you for it today. We thank you for it today. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people